hello. Welcome back to The 100 Report. I'm Chris. I'm Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Our names are actually the other way around and I just was taking the piece of Chris because I love the fact that every time we open with a show, he says hello three times. It's sort of a force of habit, really. I can't really understand why I do it. It's just the natural flow of what I do to say hello. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just that chatty kind of guy. But anyway, how are you doing? You're right. Very friendly. I'm doing well. We're closer to the date where the pub gardens are open, April twelfth. So it's the countdown now. I don't know when we're going to release this episode, but at present we're still in lockdown. So I'm really excited about that. How about you? Yeah, can't wait. Cannot wait. It's going to be so nice. It's strange, isn't it? Because. Throughout all of this lockdown, and basically anybody who's not listen, who's listening outside of the UK, we've been in lockdown since just before just before Christmas last year, and it's been strict lockdown. Um, and I think everybody's just getting a little bit just just sort of done with it. But you know, it's obviously important and has to be done. But you see the same few people, and I think everyone's just chomping at the bit. And especially now that the weather. At long last is becoming more like spring. We're all just I was going to comment on the weather, um, but I knew that you would do that for me anyway. We're both very British in that respect. We always talk about the weather, every single conversation. That's <laughs> what we have to talk about in England. Um, we're going to start off with the men's team. We're talking about the Trent Rockets this week. Yeah. And they've got, I think, a formidable team. So I'm really excited to look through this breakdown. Um, their coach is Stephen Fleming. Now, according to Nasser Hussein, Stephen Fleming is a serial winner. Wherever he goes in any franchise, he does his homework and he's apparently up there to sort of win the competitions. And I think it's because what he likes to do, his strategy is very much choose from the local players and develop that team spirit. You have four or five days in which to do that. And he's very much... Um, into picking local players that really know their conditions. Let's start with the England central contracted player. We have Joe Root, yeah. who um, is a formidable player. Um, he sadly has been left out of the England T20 squad. And I think that's gonna give him all the more reason to really prove himself in the 100, because I know for a fact that he really wants to get back into this format. He wants to be in all three formats for England. You know, the big debate with the T20 team and the structure is that Joe Root is that kind of anchor batsman and David Milan has basically just taken over we'll, we'll get to David Milan but at the moment he's cemented in that England spot not having a great time in India at the moment but I feel that given that he is the number one ranked T20 batsman he's just having a strange a bit of an odd patch and he is not like the other T20 batsmen in that he cements in innings and Joe Root is very much in that vein and I think with a lot of T20 teams you can really only afford to have one of those players in your squad. To be known as the glue in England um, is a great thing. Obviously, everybody needs a glue in their team. But I think that the, the shorter the format, the less, you know, the more you look at the strike rate and the less need there is for a glue figure. Because to go through all of the batsmen, um, you'd have to be pretty unlucky in, in 100 balls. But, you know, these things can happen. So we'll, we'll see. Um, we're going to go with the first international pick. They stuck with all of their international players that they got last year. And actually, they got first pick of the whole draft last year. They went with Rashid Khan. Not to anyone's surprise, Rashid Khan is um, arguably the best white ball um, bowler in the world. His stats, he's got that golden economy rate of six um, for T20, and he averages 17. He's got six fourfers, two fifers. And I think I said this to you last time, 
I forget, he's 22 years old. He's got so much experience and he's still only 22 years old. Yeah, there are not enough superlatives for Rashid Khan. And obviously, anybody who follows the IPL knows Rashid Khan and his stats are incredible. He's so young. He's already the greatest bowler that Afghanistan have ever produced. And in their young international life he's become one of the one of the legends i've been watching a bit of the zimbabwe afghanistan um series and it's just the level of quality that that bowler has it's unreal so much so that a lot of even like younger indian players i remember the commentators on the england india series were talking about this that bowlers are emulating rashid khan in that they're bowling a bit quicker they're firing into the pitch um, they're developing four or five different balls to bowl. He is pop, certainly as a spin bowler, the best acquisition that you could have had in the hundred box office. Cannot wait to see him. Yeah, me too. Okay. Next up, we've got the second international pick. They went with Darcy Short, um, left-handed bat, Australian open, um, opener rather he's got he had a really really great season last last season with the Hobart Hurricanes in the Big Bash League he got a high score of 122 not out so it would have been interesting to see how how many runs he would have scored because even to get 100 T20 is pretty awesome but 122 not out but also his figures with the with the ball um 521 uh, handy, handy left arm leg spin he has, and and he also also has got good practice in English conditions because he had a really successful T Twenty blast with Durham. Oh. So what a fantastic all rounder, left hand bat, opening batsman, with great stats. No wonder why they went with Darcy Short. Yeah, um, and that left hand bat at the top of the order, um, it's it, it's vital, and you can see again in the England series. They're constantly looking, you know, especially during that middle over period, they always want to have a left hand, right hand combination. And I think that's where they're getting stuck at the moment because players like Moen Ali, Sam Carr and Ben Stokes, they're all left handed. So it's, it's about that balance, but having a lefty at the top of the order, it's great. It's uh, yeah. Um, I forgot how good this team was. <laughs> it, it really, they really are a force to reckon with. Um, their last international pick, they stuck with Nathan Cawthonile, uh, another Australian right arm fast bowler. And he's a great athlete. Um, he's a staple, obviously, in the Australian limited over formats and great success in the Big Bash League um, and the IPL. In fact, last year he went for big bucks in the IPL auction. He also had a really successful time in the last year's World Cup with Australia. Um, he scored the highest by a number eight. He got 92. And his T20 strike rate is 134, which is pretty good for a, for a bowler. So, yeah, really handy player to have and can't wait to see him in action as well. It, like you say, down the order, having a high strike rate is the most important thing because often you're only going to get 15, 20 runs because you're just smashing the last five balls. So it's all about your strike rate rather than the amount of runs you get. They've named their captain. They've stuck with the same captain that they named last year. They've got Lewis Gregory, all-rounder, seam bowler, um, in 2008, his T20 blast stats were amazing and he hit 328 runs at a strike rate of over 200. So he has a great time in the T20 blast and also good captaincy experience. He was the um, England under-19 captain and the England Lions captain. Um, but he's also got a really good death over strike rate of 211 against pace. So he can really fire towards the end. Um, he's got PSL experience, BBL experience and a good head on his shoulders as captain. 
Well, um, one of the reasons I was looking away at that point was because I, I, I did remember this, that Lewis Gregory is also uh, following us on Twitter, which, uh, which is quite fun. So thank you, uh, Lewis Gregory. Hope you're enjoying this. And if you guys are not following us on Twitter yet, then please do. We are at 100Report on Twitter and we are at The 100Report on Instagram and YouTube. But that's enough plug-in, shall we? <laughs> shall we I just got to get have a good plug. Um, we're going to talk about Alex Hales next because, I mean, this team is just looking better and better. Um, he's also the teammate of Lewis Gregory um, for Islamabad United in the PSL. And um, as we know, we've documented quite a few times he's been left out of the England camp. There are talks recently. I've seen a couple of interviews on Sky Sports and Owen Morgan's asked that question again and again. Have you made contact with Alex Hales? Um, Ed Smith's asked that been asked that question too, and they're slowly opening up to the idea that there might there might there might have been talks recently with Alex Hales, and it just hasn't been the right time with lockdown and all these bio bubbles to sort of get him back into the mix. So fingers crossed, he could be opening the door into England in the in the near future because there is really arguably he is the best T20 batsman of at the moment going his he got the um golden bat at last year's big bash league and his t20 average is 30 strike rate 144 but get this he's got four centuries and 51 50s in domestic t20s he's also got quite a few in, in the internationals as well so you know he is arguably the best bats batsman around and you can't ignore him he keeps popping up everywhere and his franchise experience the fact that he's been left out of the england squad he goes to all of the franchises and so his experience in that in the shorter formats is, is just incredible yeah he's he's almost sort of following the path that chris gale had after he had sort of those rumblings with the west indies cricket board um a journeyman in in all of the franchise competitions but you're you're right he is probably one of the best the, the best t20 opening batsmen in the world right now it's a crying shame that he's not in the England squad. Having said that, basically looking over the past form of the uh, England squad, I mean, where'd you put him? Um, that top order's looking harder and harder to get into, but you're right. Alex Hales is, is an immense batsman. And, you know, international cricket's loss is the hundreds gain. Exactly. But I mean, if it were up to me when it came to the England selection, I would either way make a space for him someone else would have to drop out because for, for me he'd be he'd be up there in my number one squad so going from what I who I think is probably arguably the best t20 batsman to the ICC ranked best um, t20 batsman at the moment which is David Milan um, again great great to have that left-handed bat he's obviously an opener averages 49 in t20 internationals um, he doesn't do so well with the T20 domestics. His his averages are way high and his strike rate is much better for the internationals. So that's something to consider. Um, he does, definitely does need to get his um, his scores up and his credit up with the um, domestic franchise series. Um, he went for a whopping $150,000 in the IPL um, auction to Kings Punjab this year. Um, I, I wonder whether they've um, changed the pay payment format, the rate format, because I remember discussing this last year and saying he went for an absolute steal at 40k for the hundred. And I tried to research it and I can't see that his salary has changed bands at all. But 
the fact that he's just been bought in the IPL for 150,000 and um, Trent Rockets happened for 40,000. I mean, what's going on? Either way, Fleming doesn't care that he's got him and his squad. Well, yeah, the, the weird thing that I've noticed about that is just the differential. So Chris Morris, you know, we spoke to Kumar Sangakara about how Chris Morris was sought after so much by Rajasthan. And I think it must be to do with the balance of the squads because obviously Chris Morris didn't get selected for the 100. I mean, this might sound a bit strange or a bit controversial, but it's more to do with balancing your squad than the individual player, if that makes sense. Um, and perhaps that's got something to do with it. But again, I'm not an economist and certainly not a cricket economist, so I'm not sure. But it's interesting as well, because obviously with privately owned franchises like the IPL, you never know one of the owners may have a real soft spot for a certain player. And, and, and that is, you know, the, the message from the dressing room as such is go out there and, and buy me that player. I want that player on my team. Um, we've got Tom Moores to talk about next. He is another left-handed bat. He is a wicketkeeper, local lad. There's a lot of local lads here, as I said before, Stephen Fleming. Um, that's definitely his um, tactics to go for local players. He plays for Nottingham. He's really strong against spin, ideal for those middle over spin attacks. And his average is pretty good, 25, strike rate 136. And he has had some Abu Dhabi T10 experience. Normally bats around number four. Um, we have another wicketkeeper coming up next. We've got Ben Cox. He plays for Worcestershire. A uh, really neat wicketkeeper, highly regarded in the county game. Um, and he had the highest number of dismissals in the Vitality T20 in 2019. He's also really capable of big hitting. His average is 27 in T20. But in my opinion, when it comes to choosing between the two wicketkeepers, they're probably going to go more for Tom Moores than Ben Cox, but we'll see. It's good to have a backup wicketkeeper in there anyway. Um, we've got Luke Wright, all-rounder from Sussex. Sussex white bull specialist, a favourite of Chris's. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> um, you're glad he, he, he got kept then. Um, top order batsman, and according to ESPN, he is the Duracell bunny of English cricket because he is, has boundless energy and enthusiasm. Um, right arm medium pace bowler. He's got Abu Dhabi T10 experience. He actually is the captain for Team Abu Dhabi. Oh. Um, and under him plays Ben Cox, Alex Hales, so teammates from Trent Rockets. Oh, great. Yeah. That's useful as well to have that experience in um, high intensity short format games as well. Um, we have Stephen Maleni, local, local lad from Knotts. Um, he is in the very small list of players to make 100 on debut for Knotts. And he's got a really good T20 bowling average and economy rate. Very reliable around um, and his strike, strike rate with the bat is 141, so really decent there. Fabulous. Um, another local lad, we've got Matthew Carter, who is a right arm off-break bowler for Nottingham. Good economy rate. Went for 60k last year, which I thought was quite pricey, especially considering David Milan went for 40. But it really shows Stephen Fleming's belief in the bowlers, the local bowlers, knowing their conditions. And it, and it really sort of being a success rate for the team. Mm. Um, he gets used a lot in the power play. Uh, T20 Blast, he was used a lot for the power plays and really excellent with that white ball. And he's also good against both right and left arm batsmen. So that's good to have. Right, we've got Luke Wood from Nottingham again. Well, he was from Nottingham, now he plays for Lancashire. Um, left arm medium pace bowler, does really well in the T20 Blast. Primarily a new ball bowler. Um, he has an economy of 6.47 in 
the power play, which is fantastic. It'll definitely be used in the earlier overs here because that is a great economy rate. Um, but also he's really good at the death, the death overs. Um, he took six wickets in 39 balls for Nottingham two years ago in the T20 blast in the death overs. Um, so he's got a really good ability to swing the ball back into the right-handers. And he was uh, this year in the ECB training camp in South Africa the bowling tra training camp. So England definitely have their eye on him as well. Um, so we'll see what happens with him after the 100. Now, those were all the players that were retained by Stephen Fleming, and they're pretty much all of them were retained. Yeah. The only two to miss out were Harry Gurney, who was actually picked up by the Manchester Originals, yes. and Luke Fletcher. So replacing those two, he went with Samit Patel from Nottingham, an all-rounder, 36 years of age, good experience, right-handed bat, Slow left arm orthodox um, bowling, T20 batting average of 25, and a bowling economy of seven, so a pretty decent all-rounder. Middle order batsman and lots of experience. He has T10 experience, BBL, he had PSL, he had BPL. So he's been all around the world, great experience to have. And lastly, they went with Tim van der Guchten, um, right arm, fast, medium pace bowler, Australian born, but he played for the Netherlands, now, interestingly, he's allowed in the squad, not under the Colpac laws, because he, and with post-Brexit, all of the rules have changed, but because he's, settled state, he's got settled status in the UK through a European passport, he is, was entitled to stay uh, as a local player. Right. So he plays for Glamorgan, and his T20 bowling average is 20, with an economy of seven. Nice. So... Nice. A pretty decent team there, Chris. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's good, especially, you know, they obviously, they uh, got uh, a couple of players were released, but getting Samit Patel and Tim van der Guchten is a great acquisition. Samit Patel, I always thought was the one that got away for England and such a useful player. Left arm spin, takes it away from the bat. We're seeing more and more how useful taking the ball away from a bat is. And his middle order striking is great. He's obviously a fantastic player for Knotts. He's been playing in the PSL. Um, absolute masterclass of selection there with the changes. But I, I think that's really, really strong. But that actually segues quite well onto the women's squad because just like Stephen Fleming's onus on getting local players, the same can be said with the women's squad. Um, with the possible exception of the coach, who is uh, Sally Ann Beams, and she's the women's head coach of uh, Cricket Tasmania women's programme. So she's come over from Tasmania. I think you mentioned one of the players was playing for Hobart, so uh, maybe there's some connection there. We, we don't know. But um, anyway, like we say, a lot of them, much like the other teams, they come from the restructured and actually quite sort of like a franchise structure of the women's domestic competition in the UK. Um, so a lot of them are going to be playing from what was Loughborough Lightning and is now, uh, they're just called Lightning. Um, some of them are from Central Sparks, but we'll get to that. But the, uh, the head England centrally contracted player is Catherine Brunt, um, absolute legend of a, of a strike bowler. She's been opening the bowling for England for ages. And she's also a big hitter as well so it's pretty good and again a t20 economy of 5.46 um not bad right five to be in the fives is unheard of actually so that's pretty good i mean rashi khan's in the economy of six and he's like 
the yeah. king of the white ball bowling. So that's pretty good. Definitely. Uh, so obviously Catherine Brunt's in. She's not far off uh, 100 T20 international wickets now. So she's, I think she's got about seven left to go. But anyway, we'll move on um, because Catherine Brunt is obviously one half of a power couple of English cricket. Her, uh, her fiancé and her teammate, uh, Nat Siver, is also on the squad. Um, and apparently she's got her own shot that's named after it. I found this on the 100 website. It's called the Natmeg. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, apparently uh, she basically hits the ball between her legs. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, unusual shot, but hey, the, the hundred is where we need unusual shots, right? Oh my god, amazing! I can't even picture that. That must be really difficult to do without like falling back on your wicket. Or, yeah. well, I can't see that in action. It's odd. Yeah, Paul Collingwood used to play some odd shots against spinners, and I'd imagine it looks strange. But you remember the first time Dilshan did the Dil scoop? Everyone went, "What the hell is he doing?" But um, anyway, she actually just captained England uh, when Heather Knight was injured. So she has had some captaincy experience. Um, All-rounder, she's scored over 1,000 runs in T20 internationals, bat an average of 25 and a bowling average of 19. Great, great, great acquisition. I actually uh, saw a really um, funny interview the other day on, actually, Catherine and Nat were both on Sky Sports being inter interviewed about the 100. I think Nat has been awarded the captain captaincy of Trent Rockets and they were saying to Catherine you know how is it having you know your fiance being your captain and all of this stuff and they they basically were just talking about how they've just really established themselves really well in terms of when when they're on the field they are teammates they're cricket players and um, and you know everyone's been so supportive of them as well in terms of having a relationship off the field and being you know working together on the field and it just works really really well so they're super supportive of each other and they've got great banter between themselves they're both really funny women so yeah it's great to have both of them in the same team especially knowing each other's games as well um, on the pitch it's going to be it's going to be great um, but we will uh, move on to the international players um, <clears throat> now this is where it's going to get a little bit confusing because they technically have four uh, players that play for another country, as in don't play for England, uh, but we'll get to that. Um, but the three that are classed as overseas players, unsurprising, we are seeing a familiar story here. They generally all come from the same nation. So the Trent Rockets have picked up three Australian overseas players. Uh, they've picked up Elise Villani, Annabelle Sutherland and Sophie Molyneux. Now, um, Elise Villani is, is a legend of Australian cricket, middle-order batsman, very big hitting. Um, and she has actually played with, uh, with Nat Siver uh, and a few others um, uh, for the Melbourne Stars because they all play in the BBL together. Um, Elise Villani can bowl, but uh, of recent times, she generally uh, bats more in short-form cricket. Um, she's got a strike rate of 118, uh, has got 1250s, my prediction is that she's probably going to be more of a batting all-rounder. But like we say, the great option of having those five balls or ten balls is that if you've got your opening bowler and their first five balls have been knocked out of the park, you can use an Elise Villani to put on and just see if they can make something happen. Um, next up, Annabelle Sutherland. Uh, she is a, pre predominantly a bowler, but uh, is an all-rounder. Um, it's still quite early in her career at the moment because she's only, she's only 19 years old. Um, does play for Melbourne Stars, um, but her stats aren't particularly impressive on the international level. Uh, but 
it says a lot that she was at the time the youngest player to ever play in the BBL. I think she was 15 when she played her first match. Wow. Jeez, I didn't think you could play like when you're 15. <laughs> That's incredible. But I reckon Annabelle Sutherland is going to be operating in the sort of middle overs. That's kind of where I, I reckon she's going to be. Uh, but the third and final one is Sophie Molyneux, uh, another Australian all-rounder. Left-hand bat, so again, great to mix up left-hand, right-hand combinations. Does bowl slow left arm. Um, and in T20 internationals, her bowling average is 20, and her economy is 5.9. So again, under that magic number six. She uh, also, she only played in one match when Australia won the World Cup uh, a year or two ago. And the one match that she did play was against South Africa, and she dismissed the very, very dangerous Lizelle Lee, which was crucial to Australia winning that match. Um, but anyway, let's move on. We'll go to, let's go to the one that is, is not an overseas player, but there are definitely arguments to be made that perhaps, well, they certainly don't play for England. It's Catherine Bryce. Now, Catherine Bryce... You always hear the term freak bandied about. I know people talk about that with Joss Butler, for example. Catherine Bryce, you just look at her stats. She is just an astounding cricket player. So in T20, her batting average is 50 in 14 matches, a 50 batting average, and her bowling average in T20s. What do you reckon? Where do you reckon? I'm going to say anything below 20 is good. Keep going. Her bowling average is nine. What? Nine. Can you believe that? Um, she, uh, uh, yeah. She's, and for an all-rounder as well. It's not even like for a specialist bowler. That's insane. Yeah, exactly. Um, she actually won in December 2020. She was named the ICC Associate Cricketer of the Decade. And I think with stats like that, it's pretty hard to argue against it. Catherine Bryce... Um, She's got to be in the top order for me. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, question. She is one of your favourites. <laughs> one to look out for. Yeah, I mean, something goes without saying, really. Um, but then let's get into some of the other players. Uh, we have uh, Lucy Hyam, uh, very well respected amongst the, the county scene in the women's game. She's the captain of Knotts, uh, plays for Lightning. Um, 23, uh, predominantly an off-break bowler. Uh, made a couple of list A50s, so very useful with the bats. Her domestic T20 bowling average is 18.6 and her strike rate is 20. Nancy Harmon uh, is the next player. Nancy Harmon is a bowler and she, again, plays for Lightning. Uh, List A bowling average of 16.98. So again, List A, it's longer form cricket, but with a, a List A average of 16, you can bowl. That's pretty good. Um, and she also has a List A batting average of 22. So again, I think she's going to be lower down the order but does have a high score of 96, so we'll, we'll see. Um, and bowls leg spin, so that's, uh, that's kind of what she's going to be utilised for. And last but not least, uh, we have a wicketkeeper. I remember going through this list, going, where's the wicketkeeper? But we have one, uh, Abby Freeborn. Uh, she's a wicketkeeping all-rounder. Um, again, used to play in Sussex and then moved to Lightning. Um, when she was on debut, she made 58 off 40. So that's pretty, uh, that's pretty good on debut. And I think there's a lot to be said for how well you perform on your debut. And this, this says it all, really. Um, but just like we hear so much in the media, I think Abby Freeborn is going to be somebody who is going to be a massive beneficiary of what the 100 is and can do for women's cricket. So we only have 10 so far. There's still some more domestic players for them to pick up. But again, based on their overseas and the acquisition of Catherine Bryce and Catherine Brunton, Nat Siver, 
it's looking pretty strong. It is looking strong. So I'm just thinking what they're what they're missing out on. Potentially some more middle over batsmen. Um, and, and a good strong opener to to put up there. I reckon Elise Villani and Catherine Bryce will be in the top order. And I reckon, you know, Nat Siver and Sophie Marnie will be sitting more in the middle order. There was always talks and um, rumours that potentially the Indian women would be allowed to come over and play in, in a, an international franchise. We have seen international signings have um, are still going. So at the time of this recording, we are recording on March the 19th. Uh, there was an announcement yesterday that a very prolific player in Australia women's cricket just signed for a team that we haven't recorded yet. Um, but we will we'll hold on to that nugget of information. <laughs> But, you know, they're going to keep coming, uh, as we see. And who knows? I Again, getting India and Indian eyeballs involved in this game in any way, shape or form is only going to benefit it. Um, anyway, so let's round up. Obviously, we've got a few more teams to cover and do the breakdowns. But as we said before, if you're not liked and subscribed yet, please do. And also follow us on Twitter at 100Reports, on Instagram at The100Reports. And if you're watching this, it's on YouTube. So give us that thumbs up and give us a subscribe. But anyway, I'm going to stop waffling. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs> See you later. Take care.